There is more going on than you know. There are unseen universal forces at work. The law of attraction is just one universal law that plays a part in shaping your reality. But there's so much more to know. If you knew how to engage all the universal forces, you could deliberately create the life of your dreams. Joshua, a group of non-physical teachers, explains the laws of the universe and how the mechanisms of physical reality actually work. They are channeled by Gary Temple Bodley, and each week, Gary and a group of students discuss how they are affecting and enhancing their lives every single day. This is the expansion of the Law of Attraction. This is the teachings of Joshua Roundtable. We're thrilled you're here. Hi, everyone. Before we start this exciting episode today, I just want to tell you a little bit more about Joshua's Unlimited Abundance Bootcamp. We have now been doing three boot camps. We're getting ready for our fourth one coming up in July. And it is unquestionably the most life-changing thing I've ever witnessed or been a part of. I'm now going to be taking my fifth boot camp. This boot camp was channeled in December of 2018. We had the first boot camp on January 4th. The second one started January or February 7th. And the third one started in April. The fourth one is starting July 8th, and you have a chance to get in on this now. Simply send me an email to joshuateachings at gmail.com, and I will send you some information, and we'll have a conversation about it. You can talk to me directly about this, as well as any other previous bootcamp member. There's been about 50 who have gone through, and every single one of them has had some kind of life-changing experience as a result of the bootcamp. It is unlike anything you've ever seen before. It's a eight-week intensive course that we take together as a group. We go into it during week one. Everyone has a coach. There's reading material. There's homework. There's assignments to do every week. We have coaching calls. We have special Joshua Lives. And it all culminates in an eight-week intensive kind of process. It takes you from wherever you are now vibrationally, and it moves you step-by-step, week-by-week, to a completely new idea of what life is all about, what you're all about, how the system of physical reality actually works, what the laws of the universe are, and it teaches you how to engage in those laws to become the most effective and less limited version that you've ever been. Once you do this, once you become effective in understanding how to work with the laws of the universe, as opposed to how we all did it before, including me, how we were sort of living in opposition of how the system works. You step into your true power. You receive the keys that engage the law of attraction. Keys that you may have understood them to some extent, But because of this process, it's an active participation process, you realize how the system works. You realize what you were doing to limit yourself, and you simply drop those limitations. You become highly effective. So the next boot camp starts early July. We're getting everyone ready to go. There should be about 50 or 60 people in this boot camp. You can be in this boot camp too. But you have to send me an email joshuateachings at gmail.com, 
and you have to talk to me about it. Make sure you're ready. Make sure that this is something for you. We'll have a conversation. I'll explain it to you in detail, and we'll go from there. Don't let your fear stop you. If you have some inkling that you want to move in the direction of who you are, if you want to find your soul's purpose and develop yourself as an effective co-creator with the universe to create the life you truly desire, the life that I have found, the life that others have found, well, join us. All it takes is a simple email to me to get the process started, and we'll go from there. But push past your fear and send me an email to joshuateachings at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to this, and enjoy our episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Law of Attraction Roundtable. I'm your host, Gary Temple Bodley. This is a super quick, speedy, uh, really fast program today because we got other things going on. So we're fitting this one in because it's a really fun question from Sir Gunn. It's all about how does this universe work and what are we like in the non-physical. Today, I'm with my good friend, David Strickle. David channels the stream, and we both took a look at this one question. Uh, I gave it to Joshua. David gave it to the stream. And we have two answers, and we're going to just jump right into it. What do you think? Say hi to everyone. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> All right, cool. Okay, so this is a question from Sir Gunn, and she says, in the relationship meditation, you say that we love the essence of who everyone truly is in the non-physical. This makes me wonder, how are we differentiated or individual in the non-physical? How am I myself and my husband himself when we don't have bodies? Do we blend together completely or do we keep a vibrational stamp that is uniquely our own in the non-physical as well? Um, I had an idea what this was going to be like before I channeled it because we've had similar questions like this in the past. What did you think? I thought, it, first of all, it was a great question because we all believe that we're independent but we meet people that we instantaneously know are somehow eternally intertwined, our soulmates. Yeah. Whether our friends or our family or romantic interests or whatever, we do have those encounters where you just instantaneously feel like you've known someone throughout multiple lifetimes, especially if you're really sort of tapped into all of all the woo-woo stuff like we are. Yeah. I notice now that when people come into my life, William, those who, special people are lit up to me. Like instantly I knew that you were one of those people. You lit up to me. And this is going on all the time now. I see people who, who seem like they, they're like extras in a movie. And then those people who are like bright and who, you know, were connected somehow. Yeah, and you know that those relationships can can I think because of our ego they can become volatile because a lot of times we place and I do this you know I place a lot of pressure sometimes like oh wow I really love that person I want more of them I want to talk more often and then the ones that I'm sort of just casually acquainted with those relationships evolve in a much nicer way because my ego is not trying to hammer that into place and move it to some place you know more significant I just allow it to be. And I'm, I'm teaching myself that skill to allow, and, and you know, everything's vibrational, like you said, but the more we tap into this and realize that this is a reality for us, the more of those people, those light up people you're going to encounter. Yeah. You're going to meet more and more. I, I meet more now than I ever have, you know, just very frequently. 
and it's amazing. And, and, and you just have to sort of allow it to be and see what's going to come of that, what expansion is going to come of that relationship. And it may be momentary or the rest of your life. That's a super good point because a lot of times you meet someone and you go, oh, this is the person who's going to be like this in my life, you know, especially romantically. This is the person who I've, my soulmate I've always been looking to. I got to make this work, you know, and then you attach a lot of importance to this relationship. And if that's not the purpose of it, well, you're just making something up in your head just to solve some perceived problem. The better course is to like, okay, that's interesting. Have this sense of curiosity about them. I wonder how this is going to play out. I wonder who they're supposed to be in my life. Uh, Josh has also said that, that, you know, no one's in your life by accident. Everyone is a match to your vibration. But pre-birth, you set these agreements. Some people call them soul contracts, things like that, where you're going to play these roles. And these are like really close to you uh, who have been with you eternally. And like one time your, your dad will say, I'm going to be your dad this time. And another time he'll be your best friend. Another time he'll be your mother. Another time he'll be your son. Another time he'll be your worst enemy. You know, so even the worst enemies are connected to us. From our perception, we judge each of these relationships. Um, also, there's this idea of a soulmate too. Like there's one person on earth who is designed to be the only one you can be with, right? What do you think about that idea? Yeah, I love that idea. Let's 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 not put any pressure on that relationship <laughs> by, you know, oh, this person's my soulmate, gotta be with them forever, gotta lock them down. You know, that's that's why romantic relationships are so volatile and, and very often in in a bad way because we put place all this pressure. And I've always sort of laughed at that soulmate thing because I do, I, I get that there are people that have come into my life in a very powerful way and have exited my life. And luckily I have, you know, a, a friendly relationship with all of them at this point, but it, it, it was very powerful at one point and then ceased to be. So this is friends and romantic and family for me. For sure. It's just move through different phases and we don't need to try to hold on to it. I think no. I shared on last week's show that I just recently met someone that would be a romantic interest that I instantaneously felt that I, I know what people mean now by soulmate and love at first sight. I felt that feeling right off the bat. And I've at 51 years old, I've never really encountered that before on that level. And immediately, you know, my human wanted to start hammering away and I realized I can't do that. You know, you can't be yeah. like that with people because you're really going to freak them out. Yeah. <laughs> and anytime somebody like wants to pummel their way into my life, I always put the brakes on. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, let's, let's not move so fast in anything here. Yeah. And, and so I'm managing that, but it's our contrast. You know, I'm managing that as a human being that I finally ready at 51 to meet somebody that's like that. Who knows what that will be? Yeah. Who knows what that's going to, to turn into? And that's the exciting part of it. And that's where the expansion comes in is that I've got to, you know, manage it by not managing it, letting it go, letting it flow, letting it be what it's going to be and not try to, you know, pick up the hammer and we're going to make this happen and I'm going to do that, you know, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Well, that's the old approach of life of controlling. You think this is the solution to whatever you're looking for. This is the the, the, that thing that's going to manifest that desire. And so you're going to make it work rather than allowing 
to come whatever is coming because it's you could meet somebody and then end up, you know, meeting someone else through that person. You have no idea where things are going to come from. Uh, what about this idea of oneness? We're all one with each other. Well, you know, I could get into the streams answer, but the very the, the very simple answer is is that that we are all interconnected as a collective consciousness as human beings and everything on planet Earth for sure, all interconnected. And planet Earth is a little reflection of the universe as a whole. Our lives are a little reflection of the universe as a whole. <clears throat> and it, we are all independent strands of consciousness, but we are absolutely merged into one infinite stream together. But there's both. And we tend, what we do is we want to humanize everything. Yes. But we want to think of the energetic realm being just like planet Earth and we're up there somewhere in an existence. Yes. And it's not that way. It, it's consciousness. It's energy. There's independence, but there is also collective. And we can't – we, we wouldn't be able to survive independently as a human being, really. And we certainly would not be surviving as an independent strand of consciousness – without all of the other strands of consciousness that are, that make up the energetic realm. And, and this it's is all force. Yeah. And this is why we, from our limited perspective as a human tend to make God a man, you know, in a fatherly figure. It's just because back when the, that kind of idea was created, this was that perspective that the people could resonate with because that's, you know, that's their limited perspective of, of the world. I mean, they didn't even know the world was round. At that point, right. right. Well, and some people still don't believe that. For no, that. that's true. If you, now we know from YouTube that some people still think that's true. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, you want to jump into the streams answer? Certainly. Okay. So the stream says that you are all independent strands of eternal soul consciousness. Your soul or your eternal being, which are the same is an independent stream of consciousness that has evolved over infinite existences into the brilliant being that powers you today. Since the eternal part of you is energy, you are connected to other energetic beings that complement and empower each other in your collective expansion. This is true for the entire energetic realm. We are all connected and all empower one another. The strands of consciousness that are closely bound to you are what we refer to as your vibrational neighbors. Mm. You often encounter these strands of consciousness as other physical beings while you are physically manifested. These relationships can be quite powerful and last a lifetime or just a few moments, and all interactions will offer expansive value to you. That's, uh, I like the, the strand idea is great because we can imagine that as you know, strands woven into a tapestry of all that is. Interconnected. Yeah, they, they, they've used the analogy of a rope, and you know how a rope is little mm. filaments that twist together and make a little string, and the strings twist together and make a little rope, and then that little rope twists together and makes, and it's infinite. Yes. And that's how we are: is is we're all these little infinite filament strands, but we can't exist independently. We are part of that rope, and then the core of that rope, it's all source, but the core of it is the most powerful source of all creation source and we're all sort of working our way into that core throughout multiple lifetimes. That's the most simple explanation that the stream has ever given for the meeting of all existence right there. And it and reminds me of like a DNA strand, how it's all connected. 
and right. around. And again, all of that stuff, the, the building block of life is a mirror of the universe. So there yes. you go. Right. Out. Yeah. So they go on to say, this may be difficult to comprehend from your human perspective, but you are both independent and part of an amalgam that creates the whole of source. You're, you expand and merge with other strands of consciousness and choose to project yourself into various physical experiences for the contrast of positive and negative, understanding from your higher perspective that the negative or unwanted experiences will inspire new creation, and that creation will drive your expansion. Right. You are all on this journey collectively, and your expansion contributes to the expansion of source, which drives the expansion of the universe. Which proves that everyone's worthy because everyone's experience is part of this whole thing. And without that, your unique experience, all that is, is not full and whole. And every experience is, is valid and equal. You know. Absolutely. And, and, you know, one of the things I got, and I use the very extreme example of one of my current clients whose son was murdered, that the murderer and the son were co-creators in the experience and our vibrational neighbors absolutely are something that powerful would have not occurred. And there is value in that, even though from our human perspective, that's horrific. And that person is a monster and should, you know, be punished and you know, and I'm not disagreeing with any of that stuff from a human perspective either, but, you know, we, we have to move beyond the human perspective to really understand life because if we don't do that, then we're just angry at the murderer. There's no expansion in it, and we're not understanding how someone could choose to just premeditate and take an innocent life that way. Right. It's, it's, it's beyond comprehension. But we're either the higher level perspective, it's not. Right. We're either victims or we're creators. And so if we're going to be a creator, we have to understand that these things were creations all set in, you know, prior to birth. And even the father's experience of this was part of that, you know, and if you look back at history, lots of people's, you know, children were, you know, died or were killed or whatever. And that was an experience that you couldn't have in the non-physical. Those are one of the experiences that you can have in physical and even in today's world where that's rare, that, that experience adds to the experience of all that is. And the desire created from that is the desire that, that you know, bursts, I'm sorry, that experience bursts new desires and very powerful ones. Right. Absolutely. And they, they end with understand that you are both energetic and physical and that you both are both independent and merged with all, all other souls. While you're physical, your ego overshadows this knowledge and that serves to allow a unique physical experience that will offer expansion in the contrast experience and overcome. That's brilliant. And uh, Joshua says something about that too. So we are not, we, from our perspective, we say we're just here. We are only here. I'm just in North Carolina. You're just in Palm Springs. We are here. But in the non-physical, we're everywhere all at the same time. It's no here or there, it's here and there. And that's exactly what the stream's saying here. Absolutely. Great. All right, let's go to Joshua. Individuality is useful and has a purpose in the physical realm. It allows you to take a journey of self-discovery. In the physical, you come in as the essence of who you truly are. You are a limitless and magnificent being of pure positive love and acceptance. 
you are perfect. Along the way, you adopt some limiting beliefs. You forget who you truly are, and you create a persona which tries to define your physical form. As you process your limiting beliefs, you rediscover who you truly are. This is the exploration that can be conducted in the physical realm. In the non-physical, you adopt no limiting beliefs, and so you exist in a state of transparency and authenticity. You emit a vibration which contains every aspect of who you are, and you freely share that information. You have nothing to hide, nothing to be ashamed of, and nothing to fear. You are fully loved and accepted because you cannot provoke fear in other non-physical beings. Individuality is possible, but not useful in the non-physical. Therefore, you freely blend with others. You blend with those in your soul group as well as those who have similar interests, all simultaneously. If you were to separate yourself as an individual, it would be simultaneous to the blending you enjoy with others. In fact, you, as an inner being to your physical selves, exist in all realms simultaneously. You are focused here and there all at the same time, since time is an illusion. So this is the hard part for us humans to understand how we can be everywhere here and there at the same time. Yeah, we're living all of our physical existences right now. Which is the weirdest thing, you know? <laughs> because we think, we think our past lives led to this life, and there's some line of time that goes on. Yep. So some stuff is sort of like beyond our current ability to perceive it, and we just have to accept that. But it's... But questions like these allow us to ponder what's really going here and why individual individuality is a thing here and why it's important. Yeah, well, and getting you know getting out of linear time and getting out of uh, the, the 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 idea of black and white. Right. That's the, the idea thing I want to get. I go, okay, if I'm living all these existences and my expansion is expanding me as a being every time I live a human existence or a physical existence then what's the point if it's all already happened? But the truth is, is that everything that has ever happened and everything that's ever going to happen is, is always in flux. History is always changing. It literally is. And our future is always changing. And, and it's, it's, it's this, the consciousness is expanding. That's why there's no time. There's just expansion. Right. And, and our existences are, may stack up and all happen at the same time. But we are expanding in all of that. We're becoming yeah. more and more intelligent, and we're sort of rewriting the script of these existences to a better and bigger version with even more creation. Yeah. And we tend to think that our histories, our past, are locked in stone. And actually, you, you, know, you can't really remember what happened. You have no clue what really happened in these past Yeah, it's the story days. that you're telling about what happened. That's it's all a story. You, but yeah. Right. And so if you use that as your excuse to feel bad, well, that's up to you. And if you use it as your excuse to feel good, well, that's good for you, you know? Um, but there's this thing where, like, have you heard that we've gone into this different timeline? And so, like, the Berenstein Bears are now the Berenstein Bears, have you heard this? This is interesting. So yeah. in my childhood, it was always the Berenstein Bears. And now it's the Berenstein Bears. What's the last line of We Are the Champions, the Queen song? We are the champions. We are the champions. No time for losers because we are the champions of the world. Right? 
That's how that song ends. No, it doesn't. That of the world's not even in there now. And if you watch the live aid performance, that's how they ended that song. But if you listen to a recording of it now, that those three words of the world are not in it anymore. So, so there's this theory, and who knows, this all could be crazy, but that we've entered a different timeline and some of the memories or some of the things we know are different now. No, I, I believe that's, that's an interesting analogy, but I do believe that that's true. You know, they, the stream has talked about uh, Jesus Christ. And, of course, people will ask the stream, was Jesus Christ a real human being? Is that true? And their answer is Jesus Christ was everything that the collective believes Jesus Christ to have been because of their belief. Right. So it doesn't, you can't say that definitively there was a human being, that that human being even existed. Yeah. And, it could be a collective. Right. But the belief in that, that embodiment is so strong and powerful and widely held, not by everyone certainly, but by plenty on this planet that it has been created into that. And it doesn't matter. There's no such thing as this is what actually happened. And this was the actual person that walked the planet. And this is what happened during his lifetime. There's none of that. Yeah. None of that is, is real. It's, it's all, you know, different recollections of it and creation of it from a consciousness perspective. And people just need everything to be black and white because they think we're living in black and white. Right. Although I, you know, I have the ability to, to walk outside and choose what I focus upon. Yeah. I live in a neighborhood. It's about 60 years old here in Palm Springs. And some of the houses have been remodeled and they're really, really nice. Some of the houses are really run down and look like they're about to fall over. And there has been some crime in my neighborhood as well. And so it's funny when I, I was telling somebody about this crime that took place in my neighborhood and he was actually staying here as a house guest over the weekend. And he went into this whole, is it safe? Oh my gosh, can I leave my car? I'm like, <laughs> dude, my house is completely safe. I park my car outside all the time. Yeah. Never had a problem. Yes, somebody was murdered down the street, but that has nothing to do with me or this house or this energy. I think my neighborhood is really cool. I love these little houses that have all been remodeled. They're just adorable. And, and they're great, you know, but you could also walk, drive through here and think, God, this is a dumpy neighborhood. Look at that house. It's about to fall over over there. I heard there was a murder in this neighborhood you know, a few months ago. And blah, 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 blah. I make this neighborhood nice because I choose to make it nice. My house is safe. I love living here. I love the, the cool houses in the neighborhood. And the not cool stuff doesn't bother me a bit because that's my perspective of it. Exactly. And you're creating your reality by your perception of reality. And so you are saying that what I'm focused on is the safety and security and beauty of this neighborhood. And everyone else is allowed to experience whatever they want to experience, you know, and if they're ready to experience a crime for whatever reason, and there are a lot of perfectly good reasons for it, then that's for them, but it's not for me, you know, and I'm not going to approach life as a victim. I am the creator of my reality because I can choose the thoughts I think, and I can process my beliefs. Excellent. What you, okay, I like this other thing about that paragraph too, by the way, is that you exist in a state of transparency and authenticity. So you have nothing to hide, nothing to be ashamed of. And I think that in the discovery of who we truly are, we can become more and more transparent and allow people to see us as who we are without the fear of them judging us. Because that whole idea of what other people think is based on their limiting beliefs. And if they have an issue with you, it's based on fear that 
however you are, is created with them and you have no control over that. So the more transparent you become, the more authentic you are. And authenticity is living life without the limiting influences of irrational fear. So allow your, allow people to see who you truly are. Don't be afraid. You know, I have people who are, when they answer questions like this, they don't want to use their name. Why not? You know, what what is it about that? That's the first limiting belief you should look at. What you would call yourself is blended with countless others. While they can perceive you as an individual, it is not necessary or valuable. It is not a thing, as you might say. The judgment of the individual can only exist where fear exists. Since there is no fear of the non-physical, there's no judgment and therefore no need to be or feel anything other than true oneness. In the non-physical, you would consider yourself to be one with your husband and all those in your soul group, as well as all that is. It is truly the experience of oneness. Imagine an ocean. You exist in a cloud above the ocean as water vapor. Eventually you become a raindrop and exist as an individual as you droplet as you fall from the sky. You are reunited with the under other individual drops as you hit the ocean. Are you still an individual drop in a vast sea of other drops? Were you ever an individual drop as you existed in the clouds? Were you really separate, separate as you fell as rain from the sky? Your individuality is an illusion. It is necessary to the exploration of life you intended to live, but soon enough, you will merge with the great ocean of oneness and never perceive yourself to be anything other than the ocean itself. With our love, we are Joshua. I like that analogy a lot. You exist in the cloud as water vapor, right? So you're in, you're really a cloud. And then you come together as a drop of water, but in rain, right? So like we're humans in humanity. Are we really separate? Well, you could, you could, you know, measure it and look at it and take a picture of a raindrop, but we are part of rain. So we're part of humanity. We're one with all humanity. And then when we transition to the non-physical, we become, you know, merged again with all that is. And so are we considering ourselves an individual in the non-physical or are we just considering ourselves source? You know, and do we, do we, do we, take ourselves away from this idea that we're source in the non-physical. I think that, that like the drop of water hitting the ocean, now it just assumes it's the ocean. And when we transition to non-physical, we'll just assume that we're source. But it's hard to put in human perspectives, but both of these answers. Yeah, well, you know, the answer to the question is both are true, that there's, a, there's an independent strand of consciousness there, but it wouldn't exist without the collective. And you're part of that no matter what. Now, being that we're in a contrasting environment as human beings, we cut ourselves off and separate ourselves. But we're not reasoning. Yeah. We're not really separate. Yeah, we're not really separate. Now, have you ever felt one with all that is? I think when I channel the stream, that feeling is definitely there. But when that, the stream is not there, I don't feel like that. No. Yeah. I, I get right back into that human. Yeah. I did uh, um, tried acid one time in college, and my buddy Brad came over. We had a six-pack of beer, and we did it at like five in the afternoon. And I had this unbelievable sensation of pure love in this. Love for everything, love for my life, love for my friends. And I'm like, why don't I feel like this all the time? 
you know. And that was my, that was like part of my awakening because I realized that the way I feel is not real because there is something other that you could feel. And so why am I feeling this way, heavy and individual and fear-based, when just a few minutes ago, I was feeling pure love, you know, just the day before, pure, pure love. And so that's, that's always been something in my head. How can we tap into that feeling of oneness or that feeling of source or the feeling of love? Let me know if you figured that out without drugs. Well, the thing is, is that I enjoy the human part. I enjoy, and I know this may sound awful, but, you know, I, I went out to dinner with some people the other night, and there was a guy there that was annoying to me. And I don't want, as, as long as I'm human, I don't want to fully let that go. And I know I meet people that get spiritual, and they, and they expect me, because of what I do, to be like that all the time. And, I, you know, I didn't make a big deal out of it. I was just like, God, that dude's really annoying. He's like, yeah. About everything, but somehow it was a vibrational match where we would have met each other, right? Yeah. So I don't mind that. It's just managing it and balancing it in your human existence. You're never going to get rid of being human. Yeah. You're never going to be up the spiral all the time. You're going to have things that take you down. That's part of being physical. And there's parts of it that I still embrace. And part of it is, you know, if someone's really annoying to me, I'm going to acknowledge that they're annoying and, and probably choose not to spend a, a lot of time around them. That's a great point. What you're I saying love is, the guy. I want him to, to do well and be happy and all yeah. that. You know, I don't want to sit with somebody that's negative and complaining all night long. Yeah, well, that's a brilliant point because you know you don't want to give up your your ability to discern certain preferences. Right. Like, why don't I like ten dollar bottles of wine? Why do I have to only like twenty dollar bottles of wine? You know, and thank God I don't like fifty dollar bottle of wine. But you know, but. You know, what is it about me who says that wine is shit and this wine is good? And I like that about me. You know, I like. Yeah, we're all judgmental. You know, when yeah. people say, I, I get people a lot on these lives that I do that, oh, you got to stop being judgmental and you've got to stop having an ego. I'm like, well, that's called death. Yeah, you know? well, right. You didn't come here to do that. You came here to, to judge, but judge in discerning your preference, not in needing others to conform to what you want because it's what your preference is. That's the difference. Brilliant. I love that. That makes so much sense. Awesome. Well, I really enjoyed our abbreviated uh, podcast today. If you would like to learn more about the stream, it's thestreamofdavid.com. The Facebook group is Law of Attraction 2.0. David's book is the stream you can get on Amazon. What's the title of the book again? The stream, Eternal Wisdom for a Better Life. And if you'd like to know more about Joshua, it's Friends of Joshua at Facebook or the teachings of Joshua.com or just search Gary Temple Bodley on Amazon and all the books will be there. David, thanks again for being here. This was fun as always. Thank you, Gary. Always fun. Thanks you all. Thanks to all of you for listening and for your questions. The questions are great. Awesome questions. If you want to ask more questions, just send them to joshuateachings at gmail.com and maybe they'll appear on one of these programs. Goodbye, everyone. Have a great week. See ya. Thank you for joining us on the Teachings of Joshua Roundtable. Remember, you are loved more than you can imagine by more than you could ever count. We'll see you next week.